Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Frenzy. My name is Tony Cicada, and we are here getting you ready for Fantasy Football 2018. You guys are fired up. You guys having a little drafts. I know that my fantasy leagues are uh, going full force. I actually was talking a little fantasy football with Mike Blewett yesterday on some dynasty league situations, uh, listening to those guys um, yesterday morning. So people are getting fired up. Some rookie drafts going in dynasty leagues, and we've got you covered today. If you want to part the show, you can jump in, 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. It was interesting. We heard at the end of the show there with uh, the king, Scott Engel, and our guy, George Kurtz, Mike Gillisley fighting for his roster spot. According to the ESPN Patriots reporter, Mike Reese, Mike Gillisley will be fighting for the roster spot this offseason. Gillisley began last year as the Patriots' lead ball carrier, but faded quickly. It was scarcely used down the stretch. He didn't log a single snap during New England's postseason run and now finds himself in danger of losing the roster spot. Now, they lost Deion Lewis. Of course, Sony Michelle was added. Jeremy Hill was added. And you got Rex Burkhead, and you got James White. And Brandon Bolden has always been on the roster, plays some special teams as well. So when I look at that mix, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, without injuries, and there's always injuries, so this is the tough part, is that you're going to see Sony Michelle make the roster, Rex Burke at James White. Those three are given. Then they have a fullback in James Devlin. Is he the fourth running back? Then I think Brandon Bolden is the fifth running back because he plays special teams as well. And then Mike Gillisley and James uh Mike Gillisley and Jeremy Hill 6 and 7. So yes, Mike Gillisley could be out of the mix. But if he's not out of the mix, how much are you going to be able to rely on him, right? Not a single snap in the postseason for the New England Patriots. So it's a story, but it's not a story. But those are players on deeper rosters. Um, the league that Mike Blewett plays in, the league that I, I used to be in this league, we have 45 men on the roster. And you keep everybody from year to year. And that is truly the Dynasty League. The Dynasty League is not you keep 10, you keep 15, you keep 20. Those are keeper leagues. A Dynasty League is when you keep everybody on your roster. And then the following year, you draft the rookies. And all the players that aren't on the roster go in your first fab bidding, which, if you play in a deep enough league, is nobody. Maybe you'll get a tight end that all of a sudden get a starting job. 
maybe you'll all of a sudden get a running back that's going to be the third down back. But when you play in some of these deeper keeper leagues, it's all about having depth because there's nobody, nobody on those rosters. What else do we get going on in the National Football League? This Hugh Jackson drives me insane. Insane in the membrane. Browns head coach Hugh Jackson on Friday said Tyrod Taylor will be our Cleveland's starting quarterback. Now, he goes on to quote, I'm not going to back off this. We can keep writing this narrative. Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback of this football team. That will not change. Well, here's the problem, Mr. Hugh Jackson. You've not exactly been a man of your word throughout the first few years. Deshaun Kaiser was not going to be your starting quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser was your starting quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser won't play until he's ready, which was a half after you said that he won't play until he's ready. So, Hugh, forgive us. Because you run the team like a buffoon. You spent the first pick on a quarterback in the whole draft. You spent the first pick in the whole draft. And Tyrod Taylor has been a better fantasy quarterback than NFL quarterback. So, we don't believe you. We don't believe you. And in fact, the story gets a little crazier now. You ready? Put your seatbelt on here on the Hugh Jackson crazy ride. Then the next story is Brown's head coach, Hugh Jackson, says offensive coordinator Todd Haley has total autonomy of the Browns offense this season. Well, Hugh, let me ask you a question. What does total autonomy mean? Does that mean he can only choose the plays that you're going to run? Which I think actually is a fine upgrade. A fine upgrade. Had a little Java there. A little Java. Got to get a little Java. Or what happens here, Hugh? If Baker Mayfield is the guy in preseason getting it done. What if Todd Haley's plays look a hell of a lot better with Baker Mayfield when you have quote-unquote total autonomy? Wouldn't that make Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback, which you just told us is not going to happen? So once again, Hugh Jackson, we are confused. We are confused by you. And we're just the fans. I wonder how the people that go to work every day and play for Hugh Jackson. Everybody likes Hugh Jackson. But I think they like him for all the wrong reasons. Like, he's given his man, Tyrod Taylor, support. And I'm pretty sure, like, Hugh Jackson's the coach that brings brownies to practice. You know, it gives him a little extra water break. I could see that happening. Most guys want to win games. I shouldn't say most guys, because who knows how many guys really want to win games, right? It's a job. It's a job. The Miami Dolphins picked up 
waived quarterback, formerly of the New York Jets, Bryce Petty. Petty was dumped by the Jets, and they drafted Sam Donald. He lands in a good spot in Miami. He'll compete with Brock Osweiler, David Falls, behind Ryan Tannehill. He got a non-guaranteed $705,000 salary. Might not make the roster, but Bryce Petty lives. Bryce Petty lives in the AFC East. Even if you're in the deepest of dining leagues, which I speak of, Bryce Petty, not worth a pickup. Brian Cushing might be at the end, the former Houston Texans a linebacker. The Raiders canceled their meeting with Cushing this week. He'd been scheduled to meet with the Raiders on Sunday, and it appears Oakland has already filled its linebacker quota after signing ex-cheated Chiefs Derek Johnson. Now, this is crazy because Brian Cushing's a great linebacker. But Brian Cushing's one of those guys that said, Concussion after concussion, injury after injury. And basically right now, the NFL's just said, thank you for your service. You're washed up. You're done. You're out. That's tough. That's tough. That's the reality of the NFL. It's insane. But that's the way it works. Cushing, though, will get a job. If teams get injuries at linebacker. I won't say get a job. He's going to get a look again. So this ain't the end of the line for Brian Cushing. Get an injury in the middle linebacker. Brian Cushing will jump right in there. Now, unlike our guy Hugh Jackson, New York Jets head coach Todd Bowles is open to the possibility that Sam Donald could win the starting quarterback job in training camp. Bulls confirmed the veteran Josh McCowan remains the team starter, but said Donald could change if he outperforms McCowan during training camp. Donald was drafted to be the Jets' franchise quarterback, but would likely be the youngest starter in league history if he gets the job week one. The youngest starter in the history of the National Football League. That tells me right there that if Josh McCowan can stay healthy, which has always, always been a problem. I don't see how McCown doesn't get the opening day start. Donald will have to really woe people, woe people in the preseason. And it's interesting that the Jets cut Bryce Petty, kept Christian Hackenberg, and of course they still have Teddy Bridgewater. How does Teddy Bridgewater fix in the mix? I think if everybody's healthy, Teddy Bridgewater is out. He is out. And it's interesting because the reports from the Jets is Teddy Bridgewater is healthy and able to take part in all the voluntary OTAs. So it's going to get very, very interesting. The Jets, how they line up those three quarterbacks. I don't think... They keep Bridgewater, McCown, and Donald. I think um, the only way, the only way that we see Teddy there is maybe if there's a Josh McCown injury. And then maybe they want a little experience. But it's not much experience. I mean, we're talking about a guy that played two seasons in the National Football League as your backup quarterback with 14 touchdowns and nine interceptions. And everybody talks about, oh, he could have won. 
in the playoffs, but they missed a field goal. Well, they didn't win, and he didn't have a lot to do with it. So relax. Relax. Cliff Averill, defensive end, Seattle Seahawks. Another of the offseason moves on that defense. Seahawks coach Pete Carroll said the 32-year-old would face an uphill battle to continue his career, while Aaron himself admitted he'd be okay if he never played another NFL snap. If this is it for Averill, he'll finish his 10-career career with 299 tackles, 74 sacks, 29 forced fumbles, playing for the Seahawks and Lions. He only made one Pro Bowl appearance in 2016. Those are some good numbers from Cliff Averill. Good numbers. Looks like it's the end of the line. End of the line. Cardinals took Elijah Penny and moved him to fullback. Penny gained 162 yards from scrimmage with two scores last season. And an impressive feature runner for the second-year unrestricted free agent playing fullback and tight end on top of running back duties will give him a better shot at making the team out of camp. So Penny's going to be the guy that lines up at fullback. He's going to line up at tight end. Might get some goal line carries. Not going to be fantasy relevant, but Arizona Cardinal fans, you don't have to throw away your Elijah Penny jersey. You could keep the jersey. How about that? I wonder how many. That would be great. The NFL always tells you, like, the top 10 jersey sales, top 20. What if we got stats every week or every month for all the jersey sales? Like, wouldn't you like to know if Elijah Penny's mom and dad bought a jersey and they would say two? Like, that'd be great. That'd be great. I want the NFL to do that for us. Give us all the jersey sales for the players. I think that's the way to go. He's saying, hey, Tony, Jason Witten, he's in the booth. Kurt Warner, mad about it. Kurt Warner, mad about Jason Witten. And that's uh, that's a little off of me. That's a little off. Because Kurt Warner and his wife paint themselves as this very Christian family and have views. But when a guy gets a job and you come out and say, hey, this is a tweet, word for word. I remember the days growing up believing the best person for the job, not race, not gender, not age, not pedigree, led to gaining position. Trying to figure out if it ever truly applied. Quote, thinking I was just a naive kid. But if so, how did it get so backwards? How do you, how do you make that comment when a guy gets a job Guy has an opportunity because you're in broadcasting and you've been in broadcasting. And you do a good job, Kurt Warner. But who's to say Jason Witten can't do the same thing? And how can you be a guy that paints yourself as this Christian and instead of saying, hey, congratulations, 
you slam him or slam the decision because it's really not a knock on Jason Witten, but it is. It's a backhanded knock. And then he went on to say, oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, I didn't know that was an issue, and it had absolutely nothing to do with Monday Night Football. It had nothing to do with anything. I was dealing personally at the point of the time. It had to do with some different things that I saw were out there. So basically, not only did Kurt Warner put that tweet out there, he also lied about what it was for. Come on, Kurt. Come on. We forgive you, though, Kurt. Go to confession. Confession. Sit there. I have lied. On Twitter. You're a Hall of Fame quarterback. You still have a job in the NFL. Network. Be a big man about it. Be a big man about it. We don't need that. Kurt Warner. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Frenzy. My name is Tony Sakata. We'll be back with more NFL updates after this. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Frenzy. My name is Tony Sincata, and we are here absolutely getting it done. I got to tell you, the quarterback situation in fantasy football is going to be a little insane this year. I've said it. I have a hard time drafting. Deshaun Watson, second or third quarterback overall after five games. But the guy put up the best five games in the history of football starting out a career. So I'm okay in my mind with doing it, but I feel dirty doing it, and I don't feel it ends well. So then you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Tom Brady, and Deshaun Watson. Some of you crazy people out there are going to draft Jimmy Garoppolo. At the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo is a great story. Jimmy Garoppolo, though, only had seven touchdown passes and five interceptions. The numbers are what the numbers are. And then, of course, Russell Wilson. So those top five guys are there. Right? Throw him any order you want and go from there. Uh, No one else in the AFC East. The AFC North, not putting Big Ben in there. We went over to Sean Watson in the AFC South. Andrew Luck 
if Andrew Luck actually plays football, he'll be talked about in that realm right there. If Carson Wentz is back, he'll be in that mix. Won't be for me, though. Matthew Stafford, outside the mix. Cam Newton, I don't throw him in that mix. Drew Brees, I don't throw him in that mix anymore. Matt Ryan, all those weapons, all those weapons. So you got about eight quarterbacks. I left one division out on purpose. AFC West. And the reason I left it out is because I read an article this week. Jason Lisk of the big lead, which is the USA Today, is saying that Patrick Mahomes will be a top five fantasy quarterback this year. And the basis of the article is that Patrick Mahomes has too many weapons to fail. Next commercial break, I'll I'll tweet this out for you guys. Uh, Too many to fail. I tweeted out there. See, I'm very, uh, I can do two things at once. I'm very good at that, huh? That's why women love me. I can do two things at once. Like take a nap and roll, roll over. And here is the situation that he cited. You're taking over a veteran that averaged eight yards per pass attempt and has 26 to 5 touchdown interception ratio. That also is what happens when the franchise traded up and made you the first quarterback taken in the organization since 1983. And I think that's going to live up to the expectations in 2018. First, let's go with the most similar circumstances to what's happening this year with the Chiefs going to Smith to Mahomes after playoff season in a Pro Bowl for Alex Smith. Year was 2000. Dante Culpepper in place of Jeff George Randall Cunningham. Culpepper was the 11th pick in 1999, sat out the entire season as Jeff George and Randall Cunningham started. The Vikings were in the top five in the league in passing production. Then Culpepper took in. And we know Culpepper was a monster fantasy-wise when he was in his career before getting injured. Carson Palmer in 2004 took the place of John Kittner. Partner was the number one overall pick in 2003, but they kept him on the bench for one season as Kittner had the best season of his career. The next year, the team transitioned to Palmer as a starter. Philip Rivers in 2006 took over for, you ready? Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Brees played well in 2004. In 2005, kept Rivers on the bench, but a shoulder injury for Brees made the Chargers make the move to Phillip Rivers. How about 2010? The Eagles put up top 10 passing numbers in 2009 with Donovan McNabb at the quarterback, but let the veteran go to Washington. Kevin Kolb started the year as a starter, but Mike Vick would be the one who led all quarterbacks in fantasy points thanks to his rushing totals. Mike Vick, 
comes in. Number one, fantasy quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, 2008, replaces Brett Favre. The Packers selected Aaron Rodgers three years earlier. Brett Favre retired. They moved on. It didn't look back. Aaron Rodgers has been a number one quarterback since. This is a crazy one, man. This is a crazy one. Half the audience won't know what the hell I'm talking about here. Tommy Kramer in 1979 replaced Fran Tarkenton. Tarkenton retired after the 1978 season. Kramer, who was drafted in the first round two years earlier, moved into the starting role. Tommy Kramer wasn't a bad quarterback. Fran Tarkenton was a Hall of Famer. Danny White in 1980 replaced Roger Staubach. Staubach retired after the 79 season, and White, who patiently waited for four seasons. He waited four seasons, but he was the punter for four years, took over as the starter. And then Steve Young, 1991, replaced Joe Montana, and we know what happened there. They didn't miss a beat. Um, Young was the top-end backup waiting behind Montana for years. Montana was injured in the NFC title game the previous year, and then the preseason had a tear in his elbow tendon and eventually ruled off of the season. Young and uh, started all year, and Montana never started for San Francisco again. All these cases of quarterbacks uh, before were in the top 12 in fantasy points. So all the quarterbacks that were replaced were top 12 in fantasy points. The new starter was on the roster and, of course, was a highly drafted player. And then the following year, the quarterback that replaced these guys average finished 6.8. And if there was no injury involved, 5.6. And he's picking... Pat Mahomes to be a top five quarterback. The offensive core, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt. These guys are all there. And then he added Sammy Watkins to the mix. Corey, I'm breaking down an article I read this week that said Pat Mahomes is a top five fantasy quarterback this year. Yeah, people are getting carried away. There's a lot of statistical evidence here, and they – and it's a big sighting of the weapons. They say with the weapons he has, and he does have a lot of weapons. Yeah, he does have a lot of weapons, but he also has Andy Reid, which you really don't see Andy Reid quarterbacks as top five fantasy quarterbacks. We know how exciting and how much the kid has a big arm, and everybody's so happy about that. But people tend to forget about the learning curve, Tony. So I think you got to be careful when you um, go into that type of, um, you know, prognostication for Pat Mahomes. Alex Smith, though, with with all the Andy Reid stuff, in his final year, Alex Smith was fourth in fantasy quarterback points. Yeah, but Alex Smith is a veteran quarterback who's been around the block a couple times, who's not going to take too many risks. I, you know, listen, he did have a, a nice season last year. Hey, I thought at one point, at half, the halfway point of the season, Alex Smith was in the conversation for fantasy MVP. I don't think, I just don't think Mahomes is going to have it. I think it's too much of a learning curve in that first year, and people are overlooking it. And I don't think – here's the good thing, though. I don't think you have to draft him in the top five. See, and you probably can get him outside the top ten, right? And he would be the perfect number two quarterback if you take one. Here's the thing, though, Tony. Because of this kind of talk, guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and Pat Mahomes are going to be overdrafted this year. And they'll nice. be both be drafted inside the top ten. I got the quarterback later on, though, that I think people are going to sleep on that's going to have a big year. 
So I, I, I outlined guys that are going to be in the top eight that I believe that uh, I think there's a solid top eight. It, any order uh, could go in there. But uh, Matt Ryan, with all the weapons he's got, That's... Cam Newton and Drew Brees. And Drew Brees will drop down a little bit, but he'll still be in the top eight. Those guys there. you got Brady and Rodgers. you got Deshaun Watson. So that's six. Depending on the situation, on the health of Carson Wentz is what's going to happen there. If he's ready to go week one, he'll be a guy that will go in the top eight. And then the guy that's the mystery, Andrew Luck. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson. And that, that rounds it out. Eight. I like that eight right there. Um, Andrew Luck, obviously the big mystery. But, Tony, you hit the nail on the head with Matt Ryan. People are going to overlook Matt Ryan this year. Matt Ryan's going, Matt Ryan's going to have a bounce-back year this year, and I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to win fantasy owners' championships in 2018 because people are going to be able to draft him so late. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what, though? I think that's the crazy thing about fantasy football. This is the one show we do at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network all year round, and there's a lot of shows that do things all year round. And people listen to these shows, and I think that the Matt Ryan talk is going to escalate. Mm-hmm. And if you're drafting now, you're going to get a little bargain. But we say it time and time again, three, oh, two or three months from now, he's going to move up three rounds. I think Matt Ryan's going to be one of those guys. So you think we're at the level of fantasy football now where there is no secrets? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say, see, today, if we drafted today, right, and we did 10 drafts today, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go ahead of Matt Ryan in eight drafts. Mm-hmm. When we get to draft it in August, I think it turns around. I can see that being the case because the the market is oversaturated. I mean, people really start getting into fantasy right after the NFL draft, and if people they're, they're selling out NFL tens every day, Tony, all, yeah. every day, all day long. It's uh, it's an amazing situation. The fantasy executive Corey Parson uh, here. You know, I. Uh, I called out my boy, Kurt Warner, earlier in the show. I was crying about not getting that job, right? Oh, it, not only is it it's worse than that. You know, I have, a, I have a big problem with Kurt. Kurt's a good guy. His wife, him and his wife, of course, these Christian values. And then he yep. calls out a guy, gets a job. Then he denies it was about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Kurt went over 2 in my book, right? If you do something stupid, just say, hey, you know, I was a little emotional. I thought I got Own it. Yeah. Don't say, oh, I wasn't talking about that. Come on, man. I find that interesting tone. And I wonder, so his, his, I guess he was saying, well, Jason Witten has, shouldn't have this job because yeah. Jason Witten just finished playing. He's been a broadcaster for a few years now. But nobody really likes no, he does, does he ever make a broadcast better, Kurt Warner? I, no, but I don't think he's bad. So you're 100% right. Like, mm-hmm. he does his job. Yeah. But he's nothing exciting. Nothing exciting yeah. at all. No, and then I mean, he's Kurt Warner is interesting because he's in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think he deserves it. And the reason why he's in the Hall of Fame is because he's a broadcaster. I think that really raises a player's profile when they get to be on those big national broadcasts like that. So um, Kurt Warner doesn't have anything to complain about because he's got a Hall of Fame jacket. In my opinion, he doesn't deserve. Kurt Warner, a young man getting it done, but not. Not a guy I want to hang out with. Not a guy I want to hang out with. Didn't his wife like get upset about people some a couple times in the locker room or something like that? She, like yeah, wasn't she, she? Didn't she insert herself into she, NFL business? Yeah, she was. Not to problem. say it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was kind of a problem. I, I would think for a lot of players, but we'll have to see how it goes. Now, I said earlier in the show I got a big problem with Hugh Jackson. I've always had a problem with Hugh Jackson, and to me, he keeps putting his foot in the, his mouth. 
And here's what I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you two stories this week from the Cleveland Browns, which are total opposites. And this always happens with Hugh Jackson. Here it goes. First story. Browns head coach Hugh Jackson reaffirmed Friday that Tyrod Taylor will be the Cleveland starting quarterback. I'm not going to back off on this, and we can keep writing this narrative. That will not change. What it's like to be the starting quarterback in the NFL, and it's something Mayfield doesn't know, and he has a long way to go. Okay, I go back one year. Hugh Jackson said the same thing about Deshaun Kaiser. Then Kaiser was the starting quarterback. Then he took Kaiser out of the starting quarterback and said he's not going to get on the field again until he's ready, which was a half, one half of football, and then he was back on the field. Then the second quote from Hugh Jackson is that Hugh Jackson said offense coordinator Todd Haley has total autonomy over the Browns' offense this season. So if Baker Mayfield's playing good and Haley wants to go with Baker Mayfield, it's there. Why does Hugh Jackson always get himself in these situations? Trying to lie and be trying to be, uh, I mean, trying to lie and, and not be smart about it. You should not ever come out, especially when you draft a quarterback one one, and do you know with Hugh Jackson? Like you said, Tony, you could punch holes all the way through it because you look at what he did last year, and they really jerked Deshaun Kaiser around last year too, uh, benching, putting him in there, benching him, then going back to him. The kid could never really get comfortable, and. I don't think they'll do the same with Mayfield. I do think Mayfield will be the starting quarterback at some point during the season. But if Todd Haley has total autonomy, then guess what? Hugh Jackson, it ain't your decision. Yeah, that's the craziest part is that, you know, you say out there, and what's wrong with just saying, hey, we're going to go to camp and we're going to say, hey, we'll see who plays and then we'll make a decision. I don't know what who our quarterback's going to be right now. What's wrong with that? Find that um, it's just Hugh Jackson being Hugh Jackson. Speaking of quarterbacks, Tony, I don't know if you uh, caught any of caught in your friends this week, but your your boy Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is is he? That's that's. He's he he's kind of weird, man. Kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> now, this gets to the part where I think sometimes, right? When you got a really hot wife, mm-hmm. it might not be worth it, right? Because all of a sudden you find yourself doing crazy things that she requests because at the end of the day, she's really hot. Mm-hmm. Like, what guy, how can he be a football player and wear that stuff? The whole, I don't know. This, this, this is a crazy situation. He has underpants with his children's face on it. Yes. That's, but, I mean, a, a, a tie, a necktie with the children on it. A yeah. shirt with your children on it, you know, hell, socks with your kids on it, but underpants, Tony. Yikes! The part I the part I don't get is it's Tom Brady, right? Yeah. So Jim Gray's never gonna ask him about it. No, of course not. Tom, uh, this week there was a picture that some might find disturbing, uh, circling the internet uh, on your Instagram of a. Uh, your your son's face around your uh, groin area. Can you explain that a little further. Like that's not going to happen for Jim Gray. Like and it and here's the thing is Tom Brady's become such a star that Jim Gray's the only guy that interviews him. He doesn't do interviews with anyone else. He's becoming like Michael Jordan and Amart Rashad. It's yeah. What the like? This is insane. Interesting. When we come back, fantasy football frenzy. We'll break down some more things. Maybe some more underwear. 
I think those things are crazy. Tom Brady, the man is mad. Not really. Stay tuned for more from the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Corey Parson, Tony Cicada taking you up to 2 p.m. And then you get Laura Michaels and Justin Mason talking a little fantasy baseball. The Tout Wars hour, which is like two hours. But you know what? We don't get things right all the time around here. Corey, I mean, those things happen. No, they do happen, Tony. Ta- now, that Tout Wars hour, like you said, it's two hours. <laughs> and uh, Justin does a fan- Dustin and Laura do a fantastic job. That's the program that got me in some trouble a couple of months back, Tony, because that's the program when I made the comment about Andrea Lamont and everybody went all haywire about that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah so I'm yeah. sorry about that, Tony. That's all right. Uh, I, I apologize I, to Andrea. I heard a lot of people defended you, though. Yeah, well, I apologize to Andrea, and you know, some people had to defend me, and then some people were like, ooh, you shouldn't have did that. That's the man's wife. And I was like, it's tongue-in-cheek. I'm doing radio, people. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that happens. I had to explain that to, actually, uh, one yeah. of my co-hosts last week, that sometimes they might over-exaggerate some points because I'm a radio host. Yes, this is a, <laughs> this is a entertainment uh, business right here. Sometimes when you're entertaining people, it all gets a little bit carried away. Tony, speaking of entertaining people, yes, I, I think we are witnessing something right now that um that is truly special with LeBron James. Oh my God, Tony, this is 15 seasons in. This guy is playing his best basketball. Yeah, I think we are as sports fans. We are really. I don't know if we a lot of sports fans realize this, but if you don't. Something special is going on right now, and we're seeing an athlete have a kind of run that you very rarely see. This is Tiger Woods, Serena Williams S, and you really get these kind of performances from guys in team sports. But LeBron James, is with the way he's playing right now, Tony, we're really lucky to be able to have a chance to witness this live. I don't know where I talked about this yesterday. I I, I believe it was on the Blewett show, uh, Blewett, um, in the morning on set, like, there's no excuse for him not to win MVP, and he's not going to. And he's become a victim of expectations. Uh-huh. Like, people hate LeBron James because he's too good. And people go and look for someone else to give it to. And they're going to give the award to James Harden, who played great. And I, and I don't want to take anything away from James Harden. But LeBron James had the season that nobody's ever had in the NBA. And it makes it seem so illogical that people don't get it. And it really says, hey, that people are not LeBron guys. And I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. This is a guy that's had no off-the-court issues. And I'll I'll just do this. If you want to compare him to Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan had some issues, man. Oh, boy. Did he have some issues? Wow. If Michael Jordan played in the social media era, 
to, to you would see what kind of human being Michael Jordan really was. So I don't get all the hate for LeBron at all. Like, I, I don't get it. And he's a guy that's put up every time. Now, he made a mistake. He went to Miami, and the whole thing was held, you know, handled against him. Uh, I am 100% believe that there's no way that LeBron James is going to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers at the end of the season. And there's a lot of reasons he should. The owners are uh, the owners are nut. They don't get along. And he should be able to play at this point in his career anywhere he wants. But I think he gets what he means to Cleveland. I think he, what he gets to means to the state of the Ohio. And I think he's done a great job at being a leader. And I think he's going to end up staying despite not wanting to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I can see that being the case also. He means so much to that city. And I think he really gets and he understands that, like you said, Tony. And the fact that he's doing this, performing at this level in front of his hometown fans, I think he really gets a kick out of that and enjoys it. I mean, I understand, like, we're in an uh, – everybody talks about it during the broadcast now where he spends $1.6 million a year yeah. on health and maintenance of his body, you know. But I think what we're seeing is as this guy is getting older and taking great care of himself, his game is becoming so mental now. Like, the technique, the footwork that he uses, the way he knows which every opponent's weakness and strength is able to take advantage of that. You look at that shot that he hit last night, Tony. I mean, this guy is in the air, turning around, throwing the basketball, of one a one-handed floater to win the game. Are you serious? Who takes that shot? Here's a crazy thing. is In my lifetime, I've never seen anybody – root for the Celtics, like, for the, you know, outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the first time people are going to be rooting for the Celtics against LeBron James. <laughs> like, that's what it takes, right? LeBron James is the only thing that will get people to root for the Celtics in the next series because of LeBron James. It's crazy. It's wild. Now, speaking of that, that's interesting too, Tone. It just seems like it's fitting as he's going through this p- miraculous run that he's going to run into really a team that's been his nemesis in the Boston Celtics. And one thing that we're seeing about Boston right now is they can't be beat at TD Bank. And this could come to a situation where we have a game seven at TD Bank. Who would be the favorite in that game? Um, Jesus. I would think the Celtics, but I think it would be one or pick them. Yeah, I think it would be one. I think it would be pick them myself. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be amazing, amazing basketball. I really think though the Eastern Conference is basically running a um, uh, consolation tournament because I really think that if Houston or Golden State gets out, I really think they're going to take it to either either of those, the Celtics or the Cavaliers. I can see that happening. In, and in then that. all the haters, like this is like let's just say it's Cleveland. Let's just say it's Cleveland. All the haters out there are going to say, "Oh, LeBron lost another championship." Here's the part that's funny. LeBron only won the championships when he was the favorite, and LeBron actually won another championship when they were underdog. He's never lost a championship when they shouldn't have won. No, no. Would, would you say that Dallas in 2011? That's the only one that's skeptical. Yeah, that's I mean, the one right there. And, that's, yeah. and he played very poorly in that one also. Yeah. Yep. Um, when you look at what we're seeing right now, Tony, I find it interesting in the, the – you would have thought that these two semifinal series in the Eastern Conference would have both been like seven-game series. Yeah, two Eastern Conference teams are going to sweep, and you, and you look at the Western Conference and like, well, we thought Golden State and Houston would take care of business too. They probably will each in five or six games, but you would have never thought the Eastern Conference series would be. Um, I got to ask a crazy question. The Western which, Conference series, yeah. We don't have a basketball show, so this this question yeah. isn't going to be talked about on our network. 
here's the problem, I think, in the East. I think three of the worst four coaches are in the East in playoffs right now. Tyron Liu, um, the Philadelphia coach, and uh, uh, the Toronto coach. Those guys are terrible coaches. They've made so many mistakes. But I got to ask you, something happened yesterday that I thought was really, really bad. Boston and, and Philly are in the game. It's changing back and forth with the last minute to go. They get to the huddle, and they're showing Brad Stevens draw plays that are working, right? Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia head coach is not the one drawing up plays in the huddle. That's a bad look. That is a bad look. Uh, uh, Brent Brown was severely outcoached yesterday, and in this series, this the, the Ben Simmons play, Tony, where he throws the inbound when he when um when he throws the ball. It's Ben Simmons made a bunch of bad plays yesterday. Yeah, but he's been when exposed you're, a little this series. Ex- he really has. He's a and he's still a first. That's the thing, people. He's a first year player. The guy's gonna be a great player, and he's having a bad series. I mean, the Celtics are out coaching them. They're taking advantage of them. But five years from now, Ben Simmons is going to be one of the top five players in the league. No doubt about it. When he gets that rebound under the basket, 19 seconds left, he should have brought that back out. Yeah. He didn't bring it back out. He wanted to get that basketball out of his hands as fast as he could because he didn't want to go to the free throw line. The other problem is that Joel Embiid is a great player and almost unstoppable, almost unstoppable because he's so big and he's so athletic. He reminds me a little bit of Dwight Howard, to be honest with you, where he's have, out there having fun. At the end of the day, I don't know if he's trying to win games. There you go. Um, I had a buddy of mine says, you know, all the stuff he does, everybody says he gets it, but at some point he needs to shut up and play basketball. Yeah. And, and, like, you, and, you, and you don't see that a lot with him. And especially at crucial times in a game you have to win, I'm like, does he know, like, you're down 2-0, you need this game, and he's, he's acting like a fool. Yep. I mean, we just saw it it's just with just with those two players. And I guess you could be, obviously get the coach has to take some blame for this also, Tony, on that inbound play in overtime. J.J. Reddick, Ben Simmons, come get the basketball. Was, <laughs> you're, the, was, you're the guy that's running the show. Come get the basketball. He should not – Reddick should not be throwing a bounce pass to you. Come get the ball. But he's scared. It, 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 that, it was so crazy how that thing finished up. And – it was almost like Brad Brad Stevens had these pay, these plays that he was just waiting for, and he knew a hundred percent they were going to work. Brad Stevens is a mad genius right now, Tony. He's looking like uh, he's getting the job done. I mean, they're doing this without Kyrie Irving and 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 and, and, and uh, Gordon. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. I'll tell you what, it, it's going to cause a problem for them next year. I don't know. Like, say they make the championship this year, like Terry Rozier has turned himself into a, a top-notch point guard. How the hell do you play them both? Because it's not like you can even move one of them over to two guard, because you got Jason Tatum and you got Jalen Brown. Like they have, and they have a, they have so much talent. It's crazy, but it's a good thing at this point. And we see obviously that injuries happen, and they could come back. But I said this, I said this about the Boston Celtics. I said, you know, here's the one thing with the Kyrie Irving injury. The Celtics are a better defensive team right now than they were with Kyrie Irving. doesn't mean they're a better team because Kyrie could take games by himself. But defensively, they're in people's faces. They're in people's faces. They're well coached. They play good team basketball. So they're going to be a tough out. And like you said, that home court advantage is serious. But they, I, think they, I think they finished Philadelphia. You think Philadelphia has one in them, Tony? Or do they, or do I don't know. That's a tough one to lose. Like, I think they – Philly. I would bet Philly – and I've been wrong this whole series. I thought Philadelphia would beat the Celtics. Um, 
I I think Philly wins the next game. They gotta win one, don't they? I feel like they have to win one also to save face. And I don't think Coming. they lay down. They're not the you know they're young. I don't think they lay down. Like I see, I can see Toronto laying down. Like oh, Toronto Rosen's yeah, playing so. about being benched. Yeah. Uh, that I could see Toronto lay down. I don't see Philly laying down. If if it was if with that situation with Toronto, Tony, if they could if they could. Say you know what we're we're done now. <laughs> they probably would. <laughs> we don't need a fourth game. Save ourselves the embarrassment. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the case in the NBA? Like the team could vote and decide. Ah, we're not going to finish this one out. We uh, we can give this one. Uh, Ready to them, and, go back to go Canada, pack up, and go home for the summer. You know that's what it looks like they're at. They they take such an emotional beating by LeBron James. It's it's not fair. I was shocked at the, you know, I'm shocked at the point spread in the series for the people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in each of these games, Toronto was a six and a half point favorite, right? In the yep. in the games at home, and they can't beat Cleveland. I'm going. I'm taking the six and a half every time. I thought it would be a close game, and they were. But it was it was that I just I, I didn't get all the love Toronto was getting. I thought Toronto was the best team in the Eastern Conference one through ten. But what happens is when you get into playoffs, you don't play 10 players. They're actually a better regular season team. And then their coach just isn't there. Freddie Van Fleet obviously, obviously is playing hurt. And in game three, he, he gets the ball. I mean, game two, he gets the ball in his hands to take the final shot. He had not shot the whole game. And I'm like, how is he even out there? Exactly. And you look at that situation. They they just been they just been beat down mentally. It seems the team like these these the premier performances by LBJ. It seems like it gets to them mentally. But they they look like listen. They fought again hard down the stretch yesterday. But then you see that happen again. When you look at how dejected they were when that shot went in, and it's just like we got to stay in this city another another day to go through this again. They I'm, they they're probably ready to quit. And in Philadelphia's case, Tony, I think coming into the playoffs. On that 18-game winning streak, I think everybody said, okay, this is a good team, could be in the conference finals with the with Celtics with no Kyrie. But I think the, the common thread on this team was what happens when adversity hits a young team like this. And when adversity hit, you saw what happened. They made a ton of mistakes, and they stopped playing defense. That's your fantasy football frenzy, a basketball route. We're very well, yeah. very well versatile, right? you got to be versatile in the whole world. You know, it's kind of crazy. Maybe someday we'll be giving you guys the uh, – I don't even know. I forget what the Vince McMahon League is called. Maybe we'll XFL. Be going... That's what it was, but are they doing the same name? Uh, I think they might be doing the same name. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% on that. We're going to have to uh, – we're going to have to give you updates on Those that leagues well. are never – people say those leagues are never work leagues other than the NFL. I, I, I don't know. I think it's different now with fantasy football. They, they may work. Well, here's the one thing, too, is if gambling gets involved, right? It's going to work, yeah. I know a few people that gamble on anything. <laughs> so do I. Oh, so. <laughs> so I think if you get that on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon, absolutely it will work. I think that'll be the key. And I think it would be a big key, too, to not do it at the same time as the National Football League. And then uh, people just generally like gambling on football. Yeah, nobody's going to really um... – Go up against the National Football League. You even see 
you know, with the big time college programs, it, it's it's nothing out there. So might as well not even try and do that. You know, the night of the the night of the the night of the NFL draft, the NBA had one game on. <laughs> you know, they didn't give you their normal three first round games. They had you one game. Yeah. So people know against to go up against the monster. That is the NFL. Looks like we're getting closer and closer to gambling too, right, Tone? Yeah, more and more. Uh, we're gonna hear this month, and uh, it'll be interesting. I just don't. Here's the one thing I don't think is going to happen. I think it's going to be more complicated than people think. I think okay. it's only going to be gambling in places you can physically get to. I think it's going to take a while for internet gambling to come in. And people don't realize the Indian reservations in the United States, how much power they have. Mm-hmm. And they were shortchanged. Their land was taken from them. They were the original settlers in the United States. And the United States went back and gave them this land tax-free. And they were able to build casinos. And these groups have taken over these Indian reservations. And they're running these businesses and giving the Indians the, you know, the, a cut. And they're living great. And they've got some political influence. And I really think that they're going to be against this. They were actually against. And they were a big problem in the daily fantasy situation as well. And good. I, I think that people are going to be surprised that we're only going to see gambling in old old racetracks or racetracks still under there and maybe some of these Indian casinos. And I think you're going to have to physically go to these places. I think that's going to be the case, too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, the situation now is in, in Dover. Well, not in Dover. In the state of Delaware, they have NFL lottery. And you can't log on anywhere in Delaware and play it. But you can go to casinos and racetracks in 7-Eleven. Um, has the NFL lottery tickets also. A but slurpee and a, ga- and a bet. I like this, that. A, a slurpee and a bet in the obviously the state of Delaware. Basically, it's come out and said, if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't be able to run the state. That's how much revenue it brings into the state. So, internet is tough, Tony, because people can manipulate so many different things on the internet. Yeah, but... It's so much easier, and you would think it's so much easier. I mean, I, yeah. it's not legal. I, I gamble off the internet right now, and um, and it's so much easier. And if the United States really wants to make a boom and make an economic boom, put it out there for people. I mean, it's kind of crazy. If we want to get tax dollars, and that's why we're allowing it, get all the tax dollars. There you go, right there, Tom. Fantasy Coming back friendly. next. Yep. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Frenzy. We've got you covered. We've got some updates. Stay tuned for more from the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Frenzy.